Welcome to the Josh Bolton Show, where we dive into interesting and inspiring conversations. And now, your host, Josh Bolton. Oh, crap. I forgot all that. <laughs> um, awesome. Can you give us a little intro about yourself and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my name is Kristen Kolka. Um, I work as a uh, bank on yourself professional. Um, I've been doing this for about 11 years now. So started working with clients with life insurance strategies back in 2011. And um, I really love it. You know, I really specialize with working with entrepreneurs, um, investors, real estate investors. But, you know, I also work with just ordinary people, families, individuals, you know, whoever thinks that this might benefit them. That's awesome. So 11 years, man. So you, you even saw 08 in that point, right? No. So I actually started working with the strategy in 2011. So it was right after oh, right 08. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Well, so what's the difference between you selling uh, back in 11 to now? like the trends you see in the market because I, I haven't sold insurance. So, <laughs> you know, right now people are getting back into the same mindset that they were right after 2008, 2009, where they're scared, right? They are scared because they've lost money. They know people that have lost money. Um, they see their 401k is going down. Um, they just bought a house that was overpriced and they see that their home value is going down and they don't know where to put their cash, right? Mm. Um, right after the housing crash, you know, probably about four or five years after that, people were pretty happy. The market was doing really well. You know, they kind of had amnesia over the whole housing crash, but it seems to be coming back <laughs> the last year. Uh, people seem to be back in that mindset of just being scared and not knowing where to turn. Yeah, I would definitely say it started back in November 21, mm -hmm. like a year ago, essentially. Uh, yeah. So when, especially that's when like the crypto came in at its top, this and that. Yes. Yeah, people were all about the crypto. And then, you know, what happened? <laughs> Honestly, I just read an article about FTX. Uh, potentially going bankrupt because they've been selling crypto they didn't even own oh my gosh and you hear that over and over again yeah it's everywhere yep and i was just one of those that sat there and i'm like wow this sucks that a lot of people had to lose money yeah but finally people are starting to realize oh this is just kind of one big ponzi scheme right now well yeah it's not the you know the get rich quick that they thought you know of course there's people that are going to get rich off of any financial scheme like that Right. Yeah. But if you're a doctor. Exactly. But the vast majority of us, what do we do? We, we chase greed, right. And we wait for other people to make sure that it's safe before we start chasing that greed. So we see our friends making money and we see the, whatever crypto it is going up, 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 up. And we buy in when it's up high. Right. And then what does it do? It goes down. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's the biggest one. Cause one of my coworkers, uh, he was super into crypto and I he was like, uh, he was super into Celsius too. That's the, the lending one. And I told him, my dude, do you even know how they make money? He's like, no, not really. But they're paying yeah. me. I'm like, that's the problem. You can't write it out and be like, 
oh, because I give them this and they lend it at 18%, but I only get 6% of it kind of thing. It's sustainable. You don't even know how the hell they make money. So what's going on here? Right. And, you know, that's what I've always told my clients because, you know, probably three, four years ago, this conversation came up a lot. You know, what do you think about crypto? Should I invest in crypto? Um, I have investments in crypto, right? But I look, yeah. yeah, I look at the project though. You know, what is this project? Is it something that I see having a long-term potential? And am I investing in it because it's, I think it's going to go to the moon or because I believe in the project. And if I don't believe in the project, I'm not going to put my money into it because for me, it's a long-term strategy. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. There's some projects I really agree with. And I'm like, I bought crypto during the hype during 2020. And so my taxes were a little interesting to file. I got yeah. out of it, but I was like, Ooh, I'm not doing that for a while. Yeah. <laughs> So back to life insurance. Um, so you said you're a bank on yourself specialist. What would, um, I guess, what is like the perks for someone who doesn't know what that is? Yeah, absolutely. So what bank on yourself is, is it's a way of using a whole life insurance policy as a alternative to financing and as an alternative to traditional savings. Okay. Um, And so it's a safe place to put your cash, but it's also a place where it's liquid and accessible, where you can borrow it out if you need it. And there's some perks to doing that. Um, The reason that, you know, if you're going to use this strategy, you should look for someone that is a bank on yourself professional is we go through additional training outside of just being licensed as a life insurance agent. Um, So we're really familiar and specialized in how to design these policies to make sure that you're getting all the benefits that you can out of the strategy, what carriers to work with, what products to work with, what riders to use. There's a lot of moving parts that goes into these policies to make sure that you're getting the total bang for your buck. Right. Yeah. I had, um, I think it was the, uh, Chris, who introduced us? Mark. 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 Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, the way he was explaining it, and I knew the concepts, but the way he explained it, I'm like, wow, there's so much going on in the back end that a lot of people don't know about. Yes. And it's becoming so popular that there's a lot of life insurance agents that are trying to kind of jump on the boat and they're not using the right carriers, they're not using the right products. Right. So we have people that come to us and say, Hey, can you check out this policy and just see if it's structured correctly? And I would say maybe, you know, half the time it's not. And it's really unfortunate. So, what's the consequences if it's not fully structured correctly? So, if you don't use the right product, one of the most major consequences that you can run into is your policy could be at risk of lapsing in the future, which means that you you lose all the cash that you've put into it, you lose your death benefit, and more than likely you're going to face a pretty significant taxable event. Um, that's on the kind of worst case scenario side, right? Oh. Um, less severe consequences, but still, you know, something that you don't want. It's just, you're not enjoying all the benefits that you could, right? Um, One of the big benefits that you get with our strategy is if you borrow against your cash value, 
you continue to earn the same dividend that you would have had you not touched the policy at all, right? So you're still compounding your cash as you use it. Um, Not every carrier offers that. So if you're not with the right carrier, there's a chance that you could be borrowing against your cash value, but not enjoying the same dividend you could have. That's interesting. So is it like a fixed rate? Let's say I I pay my $700,000 a month and I'm because of that, I'm paying that, is it like $200 in dividends kind of thing? Um, Kind of. Yeah. So, you know, the insurance carriers, they do set the dividend interest rate each year. Um, and it's going to be based off of the uh, performance of their portfolio and also how well they've managed their expenses that year, how profitable they've been. Um, so it is going to change year from year, but... Um, you know, the carriers that we use are pretty conservative. And so there's not going to be real crazy, big volatile swings and what the dividend interest rate is going to be. That's good. Uh, If you can get into it without getting in trouble, what are some of the carriers that are out there? Well, we in particular work with mutual insurance carriers. So Josh, do you know the difference between a mutual carrier and a stock-owned carrier? Maybe. Can you give us a better definition then? (laughs) Sure. So um, I use the analogy of banks and credit unions, right? So banks would be like your stock-owned insurance companies. They are there to profit their stockholders, right? And the decisions that they make are to make their stockholders richer. Um, Credit unions are more so there for their members. And their members are usually part owners of the credit union, right? And so if that credit union is profitable, they share in those profits um, in the form of dividends. Same thing with a mutually owned insurance company. As a policy owner, you're part owner of that company. You get to share in the profits. That insurance company exists to benefit you, right? Right. So that's the first piece of criteria we look at when it comes to what insurance carriers to work with is they have to be a mutually owned insurance company. Interesting. I I didn't know that. That's from my, can you explain this more? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A lot of people don't realize that there's a big difference uh, with insurance carriers and how they're structured. It's interesting. So I'm assuming now this is more in your field. How does one come across the, the mutual insurance to ask them to use their services? How does one contract with an insurance carrier? Yes. Okay. (laughs) So there's two ways, right? If you're a consumer, Um, number one is you can interact directly with the insurance company, right? You just go to their website, um, you contact one of their agents and you work with them directly. Um, The other way to do it would be working with someone like me. Um, I'm an independent broker, right? So I can work with whatever insurance carrier I'd like to work with. I'm contracted with um, about four right now that I prefer to work with. Um, so I would, you know, go out, kind of do the shopping for you, put the contract together for you and kind of act as the middleman with that transaction. I say from what you were just explaining earlier, the complexity, it's better just to pay you and get it right. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Because number one, I have the ability to shop around and I can take what you're looking for and find the product and the carrier that matches up with what you're looking for instead of you having to 
call different carriers, try and figure out insurance lingo. You know, what does this mean? What does this mean? (laughs) You have someone who's been educated, who knows what they're asking, who knows what you're looking for. Yeah. You're like, you're sitting there having to look up the old uh, English definition. You're like, (laughs) who uses that anymore? Yeah, it's like going to a doctor if you have a medical issue versus going on WebMD, right? (laughs) Oh, I went to the doctors once and I was like, oh, I think I have this. He's like, did you Google this? I'm like, I might have had some paranoia. Right. (laughs) But I couldn't understand what that word was. So I kept going down a rabbit hole. And he's like, at least you were looking up the words. He's like, everyone's just like, oh, my God, I'm dying. Uh, right, exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. So then I'm now just asking out of curiosity, is the life insurance, let's say, heaven forbid, but I get cancer at like 60. Is there a plan that like says, if you get terminal cancer, we will cover all your bills kind of thing? So not quite, but there are, there are benefits um, if you become chronically ill or terminally ill. So a lot of the carriers that we work with, um, they include a rider on the policies. And for most people, it's included at no additional charge, which is really nice. Um, And what that rider does is it says, you know, if you have terminal cancer, um, you're able to access a portion of your death benefit while you're still living to help with that medical care, right? Hmm. So... um, it's nice to have that larger pool of cash to to dip into if you have a major medical expense. Yeah, that's a big one. Uh, I It was a long time ago. Uh, a friend of mine tried to get me into like an MLM for life insurance, but they were claiming like, oh, we will cover all cancer expenses. I'm sitting here going, some of that shit's not cheap. Even no. for insurance kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's just one of those, it was like a total MLM thing. And I realized it halfway through and I'm like, oh, they're like way over promising and going to way under deliver. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And that's such a scary situation to be in selling that stuff. Cause you're just, you're setting yourself up for a lawsuit. Oh yeah. They, well, they got shut down so quick cause they were, they did. They're sure. Like, we will cover all and any cancer expenses. And I'm sitting here going, I know a pill like a, a treatment for cancer, it's like 200K a shot. How yeah. are you going to guarantee that? Yeah. Well, and then what if you go into some kind of, you know, a study or go out of the country and try to get some alternative treatments? Do they cover that also? <laughs> they got shut down real quick. So yeah. <laughs> the the funniest one, I actually had a lady come on trying to sell insurance for a zombie apocalypse. Oh, right. I was like, well, technically, there's a slim possibility that could happen, boy. But how do you pay out people? How do you when the financial system? Yeah, I was like, wait, (laughs) how do you insure against that? That is funny. People come up with wild ideas, right? I was just like, I'm sitting here. The world is shambles. The financial system's broken. How is that going to work? That, that, that was one of them. I, I didn't air it because I'm like, this is too crazy. That is very crazy. I would have loved to listen to that show, though, to be honest. It was, it was fantastic. <laughs> the, the amount of stuff we went into, she's like talking about alternative medicine, then this and that. And 
uh, religion at the end. And I was just like, why did we start this? I had to actually like pull my phone and look. I'm like, oh, that's what we were supposed to talk about. That's too funny. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right? Uh, I'll see if I can find it. Uh, if I saved it somewhere else. But yeah, that was just one of those. I'm like, no, this is that one person's like, oh, I'm going to buy it. Oh my gosh. I know. I wonder how many people actually bought the the zombie apocalypse insurance <laughs> and if they're really? still paying on it. <laughs> I, we were talking just after COVID hit. So I'm pretty sure because of the pandemic, people were just buying it. It could be. It could be. Right? People did some strange things. Very strange. Um, so what is the... Um, well, actually, where are you stationed at, by the way? So <laughs> I'm actually in Lake Charles, Louisiana, of all places. Wow. Um, yeah. Gorgeous I, It is very pretty here, you know, but it's a very small town. I, I grew up in Austin, Texas, and moved here about two years ago um, because I was about to marry my husband. We just got married about a month and a half ago. Congratulations. So, Thank you. Yeah. So he works here. Um, He lived here. We were in a long distance relationship for about four years before I moved here. Um, So it's been a bit of a culture shock living in Lake Charles after moving from Austin, Texas, but it's been really nice. I like it. That's awesome. I would say from what I've heard, it's a very slow, but beautiful place. It is. Um, You know, if you think about Austin, just how busy it is there, um, how much growth is happening there. It's just a very bustling, big city. Um, and it didn't always used to be that way, right? It used to kind of have like this kind of cool, weird, um, kind of small town feel for a, a city. Um, mm-hmm. But it really changed over the years. So coming here, kind of having that slower pace of life and really more of that community feeling has been really nice it's awesome yeah it's awesome um yeah so then is there anything in particular for the insurance that i haven't asked for that you would like to go over well you know one of the things that i mentioned in the beginning that i really specialize in is working with um, entrepreneurs investors real estate investors and a really cool strategy um that I've helped people implement over the years has been using cash value life insurance to invest. And the neat thing about it is you can really have your cash working for you in two places at once, right? Mm -hmm. So if you think about a real estate investment in particular, um, imagine borrowing against your policy and purchasing, let's say, a a house that you're going to use for a short-term rental, right? An Airbnb. Um, that money is working for you inside that property, right? You're producing income with the Airbnb. Um, and of course, you have the equity inside the property, right? At the same time, because of that feature we talked about before, at the insurance carrier not recognizing that you've borrowed against the cash, continuing to pay the same dividend on the cash that you borrowed, you still have the money that you borrowed out working for you inside the policy. So it's almost like you have these dollars working for you in two places at once. Plus, you have the death benefit protection, right? Right. So if something happens to you, your family's protected, your business is protected, your assets protected, your surviving spouse, your kids don't have to worry about trying to sell that Airbnb 
right? If they, if they um, have to, um, they can really do whatever they like with it, right? They can pay it off. Um, they continue to benefit from the income. So it's a really cool strategy that I love putting together for my clients. It's awesome. Yeah. That especially the borrow against it for an investment, like something stable, like a rental would, it's great. Cause you, you were going to have to borrow it from the bank anyways. You could just take it and be like, here's the down payment kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm just curious for a guy like me, 29, um, male, what would be the average going rate for the life insurance we're talking about for me? You know, that's a good question because a typical insurance agent would say, oh, well, you know, if you want $500,000 of coverage, it costs X amount a month. Da, 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 da. Right. We work a little bit differently, right? Because the focus is on the cash value. Um, what we do is we start with, okay, what is your budget for the policy, right? We'll kind of talk about your financial situation, your income, your expenses, what you're currently doing for your savings and investment strategies, what your goals are short-term and long-term. Mm -hmm. And whatever that budget ends up being, we'll figure out what is the death benefit that's needed, right? For this premium. So it could be, well, my budget is $500 a month. Okay, well, Josh, that gets you a policy that has about $500,000 of death benefit, right? But mm -hmm. the main thing is, is that the majority of that $500 is building the cash value and a smaller portion is actually paying for the death benefit coverage. Interesting. Okay. So then let's say I'm able to throw up like 1800 a month. What would that ballpark get me? For a 29-year-old? <clears throat> yeah. Um, I want to kind of guesstimate $1,800 a month. You know, you maybe would be looking at a, a policy of a million dollars plus. Wow. Okay. That's my guesstimate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I want to say, I threw that out there because it's like, I don't make that currently and there's mm -hmm. no way I could pay that much. Yeah. But, uh, that's interesting. Okay. So there's options. So there then, are. um, then I guess for someone that's younger, well, let's go with like someone in their forties. Mm -hmm. They're not, they're not too young, but they're not too old. Is the, the premium, does it increase the older you get kind of thing? It does. Right. So life insurance, they're always going to evaluate the cost based on your, your age, your life expectancy and your health. So the older we get, or the less healthy we get, um, the more of a risk we pose to the insurance company because they know that they're closer to the period of time that they're going to have to pay out that death claim, right? Mm -hmm. So life insurance does go up as we get older, um, but you know, not in such a significant way that a 40-year-old would be you know, disqualified from taking advantage of this strategy. Um, the majority of my clients are actually between 45 and 65 years old. Right. And we can design a policy for them with a very affordable premium that builds very nice cash value and has the death benefit protection that they're looking for. That's awesome. Yeah, I was gonna say most people would be thinking about in their the 40s, they're like, oh yeah, probably got maybe like 30, 40 years left in me. Probably should get something. <laughs> and well, let's hope not, right? I plan to live forever. So <laughs> forever. Okay. You gonna you gonna get the Neuralink chip in you? I think so. I think so. Really? <laughs> no, oh, probably not. That's a little scary. 
what's he saying? From what he says, like the neural link will tell you the definition and meaning behind the meme. I'm like, that's an easy brainwashing trick right there. Yes. Yeah. That's a little scary. Right. And then it was just one of them. He said, how he, Elon said it casually is like, oh, it both can read and overwrite. And oh, I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, no, 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 no. Imagine not, Elon Musk having complete control over your brain. That's kind of what my my subtle thinking is with that. <laughs> that's terrifying. Right? Well, I mean, like how he what's okay, what's your take on Twitter, by the way? You know, I think it's interesting. Um, I for one am always going to be for free speech, right? Right. And I love the fact that, and I, you know, I don't want to get political, but um, I love the fact that um, he's kind of made a stand for free speech in a way, right? Kind of taking over this platform and restoring it to really what it was meant to be, which is this kind of uh, community. um, What's it called? Like where everyone goes and gathers to talk. Yeah, like the town square. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really his intention with it. And I can see it having some positive um, influence over other social media sites. That was very well said. <laughs> Thank <laughs> my you. Blunt, my, my whole take, as I said, you know, he made a smooth $200 billion off Twitter for hyping his Tesla stock. Yeah. I'd pay $44 billion to pump it up again to get another $22 billion. Right. Yeah. Wasn't he also using it for the Doge to make money off of Dogecoin? Yeah. It was one of the big whales that bought him for everyone else. Yeah. 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 That's where I told him, I'm like, I, if I had 44 billion sitting around, I'd totally do the same thing. I'd buy the thing that made me hundreds of billions of dollars. So I sure. never get censored. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But, he's, um, a, he's a crazy guy, but you can't deny that he's he's got that genius in him. I'm just, just thinking out loud, if you had to insure someone like him, CEO oh of five companies, questionable health at best, what, how would that pan out? Right. I wonder if he has uh, has making the lifestyle choices that would make him insurable to begin with. Um, right? But gosh, he probably would be a very interesting client. Because from what I can tell, he doesn't sleep that much. <laughs> he probably doesn't. Because I think he said like, him oversleeping is six hours. Oh my gosh. Right? Well, I was how, like, that's how a lot of those kind of crazy genius guys are. They're like those, they sleep three, four hours a night and they're up working. You know, it's crazy. But, yeah, but like the human body's not, I mean, it can learn to cope with it, but it's not designed to go that long. Yeah. But that just shows you what his brain's like, right? His brain is just constantly, constantly working and so much so that he can barely sleep. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And the the few interviews I've heard of him on like YouTube and TikTok, I realize his stuttering is not that he's lacking of words is because they're going so fast in his brain. He's like, wait, what was I supposed to say? I'm already right. like three paragraphs ahead. Yeah, he's trying to keep up with his brain. <laughs> because a lot of people are like, oh, he's stupid. I'm like, no, stammering the way he does, because he's, it's like he's trying to read something. Right. But he, it, it's going too fast for him. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's interesting. Yeah. 
Um, oh, because you were in Austin, but you just recently moved out. What do you? What's your uh, back to Elon? Is isn't it, uh, Tesla in Austin or is it Houston? No, yeah, they're opening the Tesla factory in Austin. I'm not sure if it's if it's opened yet, um, but I know that they were working on building it. I think it is now. Is it? Yeah, because all the California ones are completely shut down and sold off now. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he has, other than his one $10 million mansion uh, in, I think it's Laguna, he has no ties to California anymore. Wow. So that'd be interesting. I got, I'm going to have to go check that up. I, I don't have an assistant be like, look that up and put it on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> One day, one day, I'll, I'll be yelling at the guy, do it. Yeah, isn't but, that uh, Joe Rogan? He has his Jamie. Jamie, look yes. it up. <laughs> That'll be you one day. <laughs> right? Feel what it is. Go find it for me, please. <laughs> um, so honestly, this has been fantastic. Uh, hey, I just have a few uh, questions for you. Okay. Going out. Yeah. Uh, three of them, actually. So... Other than work during these COVID times, uh, what have you been doing to keep yourself busy? Oh, gosh, that's a good question. Um, should I be honest or should I make myself look good? <laughs> that's up to you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you know, I'm so positive. I've been trying to uh, just get more into taking care of my health right? Because I'm getting older. Um, it's becoming one of those things that's that's more important to me to eat right and exercise, uh, get outside, get some sunshine. Um, I've probably also formed some uh, reality TV addictions that I need to break. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. And you know, education is always something that I try to focus on. So um, I have a lot of books on my bookshelf that I'm trying to read. I probably read like four or five books at a time because I can't just focus on one. Um, but yeah, I try to just spend some time reading as well. That's awesome. So wait, I'm just curious. I never saw it. Did you watch the Tiger King? I did not see that one. That's what I did not get into. Nope. Yeah, I, I like in all the different hypes, like, oh, you have to watch this and that. Everyone was talking about that one. I was like, I mean, it's a guy with a tiger. Yeah. Yeah. That one didn't really speak to me. Um, I, I like the true crime stuff. My husband does not like that. I like that. But <laughs> are you always listening to true crime podcasts? I am. Yep. Yep. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> You're sitting here going like, oh, my God, the neighbor's acting funny. I know. No, I was watching Unsolved Mysteries the other night and my husband was like, why do you like this stuff? Like, why do you like this? Like, it's the mystery of it all. It's what happened. You know, who done it? Like, I love mysteries. And I think it's more the thrill of like, you don't know. And then the the final unveiling, you're like, oh my God, I didn't see that. Exactly. Exactly. Although I would say there was one I was joking with my, my sister because she's super into that like the 90 minutes and all that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, I told her, I said, you, cause she's been super anxious lately. I'm like, do you think it's cause you listen to so much crime junkies and unsolved nah. this? And she's like, even if nah. it is, I'm not giving it up. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> I was like, I'm just saying, cause you're constantly pumping your head full of that. Yeah. Um. So 
someone that's inspired by you that wants to go down a slimmer path, a very successful woman, uh, married and happy, what are some tips, tricks, or advice you give them to start down that path? Oh my gosh, that's a hard question. You know, my life has really been a bit of a roller coaster. It's been um, a lot of learning lessons, learning hard lessons, um, just to give you a little bit of my background. So I actually got pregnant when I was 16 and had my daughter raised her as a single mom for her whole life. Um, and really that's why I was in a long distance relationship for four years is because I wanted my daughter to finish up high school with her friends, you know, Mm -hmm. and then for me to kind of start my life with, with my husband, once she was in college, which she's a, a junior at Texas state right now. Um, and you know, I really kind of taken, I'm a bit of a control freak, right? And the lesson that I keep learning, that I keep thinking God or the universe, whoever's in control is trying to teach me is that I'm not in control, right? So I try to just kind of follow the path that God or the universe or whoever is leading me down. And it seems that whenever I'm open to learning, open to being proven wrong, um, is when I'm most successful and most happy in my life. Right. So, you know, I would just tell people, have an open mind, know that you're not in control, know that you're not on anyone's timeline, but your own, and just be open to exploring the possibilities and wit, uh, God, the universe, whatever you believe in is trying to teach you. Yeah. I have to agree with that. A lot of different doors have been opening for me because I finally, like you, which is, I don't have control. Kind of yep. like just throw up your hands. Mm-hmm. And then usually when you do that, it's like, oh, wait, well, there's everything I needed. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Awesome. Thank you for sharing your back history, by the way. Um, oh, absolutely. So final question, where can everyone contact you at? They're like, all right, Josh, you had your fun. <laughs> like, we need to call her. Well, thank you for that, Josh. So you can go to learnmorewithkristin.com. And um, my name is spelled K-R-I-S-T-I-N. So two two I's, no E's. Um, Or you can give me a call. My number is 512-301-7701. And if you call her, tell her I sent you too. Yes, please. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. I can't promise anything, but she might give you a discount. Can't promise hey. anything. The legal asterisk over there. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, can't give discounts with life insurance, but I'll send you a Starbucks card. <laughs> there we go. Get a free, get a free copy. Yep. Uh, absolute honor and a pleasure to have you on. Oh, thank you so much, Josh. This was so much fun. It was. Well, congratulations! You made it to the end. You're a awesome person. Not many make it here. So. Being the awesome person that you are, can you do me one more awesome favor? Can you rate and review this on whatever podcast uh, services you're using? Um, app, if you do it on Apple uh, and you leave an actual written review, um, I have a thing on my website. I will take your written review and post it for all to see. Congratulations. You're permanently sealed on my site. Otherwise, um, I am trying to do YouTube more and live streaming. 
Um, I will try to put as many of the YouTube links in the description of the show as I can. So give your boy uh, some extra help over on um, YouTube. Watch my videos. And we, I just mute it and change the channel, <laughs> change the, the window or something. But yeah, um, that's it. Thank you for being awesome and see you next time.